Well, all right, let's uh, study God's Word together. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 18, uh, verses 1 through 5 is kind of our main text. We're going to look at some other passages, like if you want to find another passage, uh, chapter 23, verses 15 through 18, we're going to look at that one as well and reference some other stuff. But um, I always encourage you to get out a Bible or get a, open a Bible on your device and study along uh, with me as we get into God's Word today. And we're going to talk about the keys to great friendship today um, as we talk about David and Jonathan. You know, if you go back through your life and you think about the best moments in your life, and you think about the worst moments in your life, my guess is you remember who was walking with you in all those moments. We, you might remember who you celebrated with, and you remember who you uh, lament and mourn with, who you struggled with, who struggled with you as you went through those things, who was with you as you went through those struggles. Um, we, we walk through life with friends, and as we go through the good times and the hard times, it's, the, it's our friends that are usually the closest to us in those moments. Uh, back in February, the Wall Street Journal featured an article titled The Surprising Science Behind Friendship. Uh, the article reviews a book called Friendship by science journalist Lydia Denworth. And she asserts in this, in this interview, this article is kind of like this interview uh, of hers, she says, friendship literally improves your body's cardiovascular functioning how your immune system works, how you sleep. You can imagine the food you put into your body makes you healthy or not, but sitting in a coffee shop with someone and just chatting about what's going on with your life, we always thought emotionally that made you feel good. But actually, it really is doing much more, she says. She goes on, a big study at Harvard of men across their lives from age 20 to age 80 found that the single best predictor of your health and happiness at 80 was not your wealth or your professional success, it was your relationships at 50. Friendships, they're important. Uh, we know that, spiritually speaking, we, we, we kind of get that in the Christian life. Uh, and, but science seems to be catching on too, according to, according to, this, uh, according to this journalist. And, and we need to understand something, that, that friendship is good for you, uh, that it's healthy for you. Um, and we need to have friends true friends genuine good true friends the kind you can call when you're hurting or when you're going through pain the kind that can bring you encouragement when you go through hard seasons that will certainly come in life loyal friends loving friends encouraging friends and they're essential they're an essential ingredient to a godly life to a life that perseveres in christ uh, to simply living a healthy life uh, they're they're one of the ingredients that we need uh, in 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 life god uses friendships to spur us along to encourage us uh, we go even in the christian life just walking with christ faithfully god uses relationships in our life to encourage us and to help us in that we we need one another if you think back man even even the heroes that we have dreamed up, like in comic books and in the movies, um, even those, when we dream them up, we give them friends, right? Batman had Robin, right, and Alfred, uh, and Superman had uh, Lois, and, and, and he even had Jimmy Olsen, right? Um, Han had Chewie, right? Um, you know, uh, Luke had Han. Uh, we, we, even, even our heroes, even the, even the people in our movies, in our comics that we dream up as heroes conquering things and doing great things, we, we dream them up with friends because we understand that even heroes need friends. And listen, when we left off with David last week, he's now considered a hero in Israel. He's, we know the real hero of the story is, is God, but 
He, he's a hero there in Israel now because of what he, uh, because of the slaying of the giant. And, and he's going to need a friend because some, while things are really good right here where we pick up, um, difficult days are coming. And so that's where we need to pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 57. And we're going to read through chapter 18, verse 5, as we, uh, as we talk about uh, what happened right after uh, David slays Goliath. So look with me, starting uh, back, up in, back up just a couple of verses out of chapter 18, to verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 57. It says, and as soon as David returned from striking down the striking the striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, and with the head of the Philistine in his hand, and Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So, pause right there. David has just killed Goliath he's got Goliath's head in his hand and he's now standing before the king right and in chapter 18 verse 1 remember it's all same scene this because the chapters change the scene is the same as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul as soon as David finished saying that to Saul the soul of Jonathan that's Saul's son was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul and Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So the setting here, David who, uh, if you backtrack, he has served as Saul's personal musician and armor bearer. David has stepped up now. He's defeated Goliath, right? He's come out of the shepherd uh, field to defeat Goliath, spurring a great triumph for Israel. He's kind of seen as a hero now. And over the course of chapter 18, if, if you kind of read what's happening here, uh, you'll see that the author uh, here will share three times that God was with David. God was with David. God was with David. And Saul begins to recognize this as well. God's with him. He's giving him success in battles. He's giving him favor with the people. We see this kind of already taking place here in these first few verses that we've read. And at the same time, Things are about to become more difficult for David because Saul's recognizing God is with David and Saul, is Saul, Saul knows that he has been told that the kingdom is departing from him. And Saul's going to become increasingly jealous of David's success and popularity. But no matter what Saul does, God just prospers David. Things just continue to go well for David. And Saul will turn on David and will begin to plot against him and will ultimately try to kill him on multiple occasions. Things get very dark for David in these days. David will end up fleeing and hiding to escape Saul's murderous intent, fleeing to the wilderness. And David is going to be king, but he's going to have to go through that wilderness to get there and hide in a cave at one point. Times are going to get pretty tough for David, who we see now as a hero, but is soon to be a man on the run. So we need to not miss this section here. See, only God knows what's coming up. David at this point David cannot possibly foresee Saul's jealous rage that's about to head his way Saul seems to be man he's loving him he's right he's bringing him into the inner circle right here in this scene he has no idea that the wilderness is in his future but God does 
God foresees what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. So God is with David, working in and through his life, preparing him even for things that, for, for, for what's ahead. Even though David doesn't know what's ahead, God knows what, what's ahead. And God's at work. And one of the evidences that God's at work, right, all through chapter 18, God, God was with David, God was with David, God was with David. One of the evidences of that is that God gave David a friend. Because while David didn't know the days were ahead that were ahead for him, God knew the days that were ahead of him. And God understood that David was going to need a friend. Friendship is a gift from God. And we all need that gift in, in, this, in our Christian faith and in this journey of life. Um, not because we're future kings like David, but God is preparing us, working in us uh, for uh, what he wants to do in us and through us and, and growing us to become like Jesus and using us in his mission. And he wants to gift us with friends along the way. And he wants to use us as, as, as friends in the lives of others on this journey. We all, like David, we need friends because, listen, we are created from friendship and we are created for friendship. We're created from friendship in the sense that our creator, God, is triune, right? He's a trinity. God, God is a triune God. We believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God eternally existing in three persons and he is perfectly uh, exists he, he perfectly exists from all eternity in perfect community um, within himself as it's been pointed out and see that's the God who made us we are made in his image and we are made from friendship Justin Whitmore early uh, has a book called the common rule and in that book uh, he has a chapter on friendship and he says this we did not come forth from loneliness as if some needy God needed lesser beings to sing its praises we came from friendship and he's talking about the the trinity and so and and that's a it's a great thing to get our minds around we come from friendship at the same time we're created for friendship and you see that in the creation account right we're created in God's image and God makes Adam and what does God do it's perfect he's in a paradise he makes him in his image and then he says it's not good that man should be alone no fall that has not happened yet and God says it's not good that man should be alone we're made for friendship and God makes Adam a wife and that's a reminder for us he makes Eve it's a reminder for us that even our marriages are to be friendships right and every good marriage has a healthy friendship at its core but we need friendship we're created for friendship listen life is hard difficult things are happening are going to happen and and, and we're going to go through um, David is about to in in particular going to go through an incredibly difficult season he's going to need a friend we all go through difficult seasons of life we need friends we need them for the good times the bad times we need, we need friendship and it's it man, it's exemplified throughout the bible old testament and new testament the value of other people in our lives and in, in friendship and in relationship and in particular how God uses other believers in our life. So God was preparing David for the wilderness that was to come in the coming chapters by helping him develop a healthy friendship, a good friendship now. So I want to share from David and Jonathan here three keys uh, for great friendships, three ingredients, I guess you could say, for great friendships. Uh, number one is connection. Connection. How did David and Jonathan meet? How did they initially connect? David shows up with Goliath's head under his arm. It's quite the scene, right? We kind of skip over that part, but it's actually a pretty gruesome scene here. 
And as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. The Christian Standard Bible translates it this way. Jonathan was bound to David in close friendship. That's what's going on there. The point is there was something that happened here that caused Jonathan to be drawn to David in a loyal, loving friendship. Basically something that made him say, now this, this is my kind of guy, right? This, this is someone I want to be friends with, right? And he, and he, this friendship is struck right there. C.S. Lewis uh, has a book called uh, The Four Loves, and there's a chapter on friendship. And he says this, quote, friendship arises out, out of mere companionship, when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which, till that moment, each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. Then he says this, the typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, what, you two? I thought it was only me. Lewis, C.S. Lewis says, that's when friendship begins. What, you two? I thought it was only me. Uh, on this text here, um, uh, you know, this story of, of David and Jonathan, Tim, Timothy Keller notes uh, that true friendship as seen in David and Jonathan contains constancy, or uh, that's dependability, uh, transparency, and sympathy, or having something in common. And on sympathy, he says this, that's how friendship starts, Keller says, some common vision, some shared historical experience, some common passion, or some common belief, right? Connection. There's got to be a connection. And there's two very clear points of connection that David and Jonathan have here. There's a practical connection and there's a spiritual connection. And to some degree, I think most friendships, uh, well, uh, we want every friendship to have the spiritual one. We're going to get to that. But most have the practical one as well. And, and, and we, we learn that from a very early age, even when we're children. Or even before, even before we're Christians and we're looking for friends. That, just that practical connection so but they had a practical and a spiritual let me explain the practical connection they were both mighty warriors okay and chap first we see right david comes in with uh the glass head under his arm and that's when jonathan decides he wants to be buddies with him but listen first samuel 14 if you go back a few chapters jonathan and his armor bearer in that in that chapter take out 20 philistines by faith with one strike they led God's people to a victory over the Philistines. And Jonathan, what you see there, if you go back and read 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan, he's been the hero. He's been popular. He, he knows what it's like um, to kind of be the toast of the town after that. Uh, they've both been heroic warriors. They've both um, been in battle, and they've both shown courage, and so they have that in common. They're both mighty warriors, and if you're going to be friends, you're going to need to have something to connect about, something that links you with, with others, whatever that may be. And so they have a practical um, connection. They're both mighty warriors. They have a spiritual connection. They're both men of faith. 1 Samuel 14, um, when, when Jonathan goes into that battle, he, he's not just someone who goes and slays some Philistines. No, it says, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Down in verse 12 of chapter 14, Jonathan says, And the men of the garrison held, or says, and the men of the garrison held Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us, and we shall show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. 
Is that language? The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Um, uh, the, the, the Lord will work for us. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Does it sound familiar? Sound like anyone that we studied recently? Remember David said the Lord will give Goliath into his hand. The Lord would show that he saves, right? He'd show this whole, this whole assembly that the Lord saves, right? And, and not by sword. See, David and Jonathan, they shared faith in God. Just incredible trust in God and His promises. They both had a common vision that that God is big, God is powerful, God is a God who saves, and they both trusted God. And friendship begins with connection. We have to have something in common. As Lewis said, a place where we say, you too? I thought I was the only one. And Jonathan realized that day he was not the only one with great faith in a great God, and he was not the only one brave and willing to trust God in intimidating circumstances. No, if anything, he's found one that, was, that had been even, even, even braver, right, in that sense, and whose faith in God had led him to either a greater courageous act, because Jonathan had not stepped up to volunteer to fight, um, to fight Goliath. David had. And even though Jonathan had been brave in, in, in other situations, and so Jonathan sees this, and and so there's a connection that takes place there. And the most important connection, though, is that faith connection that will be there all the way through their story in chapter 18, 19, 20, all the way through chapter 23. And we need to understand that God wants us to have people in our lives. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, God wants you to have people in your life that share our faith in Christ. Uh, that we can have a lot in common with people, but, with, but without that, there's always going to be something kind of missing. There's always, there's always a missing piece there without that. Only those that share our faith in Christ can we really experience the, I guess you would say, the fullness of all that friendship can be in terms of, in terms of God's design. Because we, we want to have, yeah, it's great to have all the other things in common, and, and those things are important. But man, when, when, the, when at the foundational level there's a, there's a commonality of our faith in Christ, when we're more than friends, when we are brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, Begins to really transform things. Do you remember your first friends? What'd you connect over? When you think back, it was you know it's probably like elementary school, right? And it was probably a it could have been something toys. It could have been a lot of things, right? Cartoons, right? Uh, maybe it was because your parents were friends. That happens a lot when you're real small. Your parent or your parents are friends, and so your friends or whoever their friends are, and vice versa. And you know, my early friendships were formed by sports school, uh, neighborhood, different things. We, we lived in the same town, same school, played the same sports. And as you get older, you begin to connect on other, other things as well And as you grow into adulthood. And, and things like your faith become very foundational in your worldview. And I have friendships today that I've had for a long time now that at the center of them is a common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're a believer and you don't have close personal friendships that you can count on with other believers, you need to start pursuing them. You need that. God has designed you for that. You need that. And your faith needs that. But good, great friendships, they start with connection. There's usually practical connection. Man, the best ones, they have that spiritual connection through Christ Jesus. Number two, character. Character. Here I'm talking about the character of the friends themselves. That's incredibly important. Some things are revealed about Jonathan's character in our text. First of all, in verses 1 and 3 of chapter 18, his love, just his love for David, he loves David as his own soul. Remember the second greatest commandment? You shall love your neighbor as your what? Yourself, right? And, and, and we see, a man, just incredible love here from Jonathan, but also humility. In verse 4, Jonathan actually takes off his robe, armor, sword, and, and bow, his belt, and he gives them to David. Now remember, Jonathan's the prince. 
in a sense. He's the, he's the son of King Saul. And in most people's eyes, he would be seen as uh, naturally the next, next in line to the king of Israel. And here he shows incredible humility by honoring David in this way, by, by, by giving him these garments, these princely garments, by handing them over to David. It's an incredible picture of humility. And it could be, could be, that God had revealed to Jonathan that David would be king and not him. And, and later on, it's certainly shown that Jonathan seems to understand that. and to know, Jonathan understands that and knows that. We don't know when exactly that was revealed. Or it could just be that uh, God is using this, is, is kind of pointing us to how that is going to happen. But either way, what we have here is a picture of incredible humility. Incredible humility. And over the course of their friendship, Jonathan's character is going to be revealed more and more loyalty is going to show up. As soon as you get to chapter 19, Jonathan helps protect David uh, when Saul begins to try to kill him. Right? He, he's, he's convincing Saul otherwise, and then things spin out and get worse. And, 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 and Jonathan shows incredible loyalty to help protect him. And then encouragement would show up in chapter 23. When David's in that dark season in the wilderness, Jonathan's going to show up and speak encouraging words into his life. See, whether a friendship is healthy or unhealthy will largely be determined by the character of the friends in the friendship. That's just a friend thing. We, that's just a basic truth we need to understand. The Bible teaches this, especially in Proverbs, like where it says things like avoid those given to anger. In Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25, tells us to avoid those given to anger. Um, uh, companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 13, 20 says the companion of fools will actually will suffer harm. Uh, the whisperer separates close friends. Proverbs 16, 28. See, the, the character of the friends matter. The character of the friend matters. However, at the same time, the other side of that coin is whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Proverbs 13, 20 says. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17. So friendship can help us grow in wisdom. It can help sharpen us. It can make us better. And the character of our friends will go a long way in determining the health of the friendship. And we need to focus on being the right kind of people if we want to find and develop the right kind of friends. Remember, connection, having things in common. Who do you want to share common character with? Those with Christ-like character? Those with worldly character? Those who are faithful and dependable or unfaithful and dependable? See, the character of the friend will ultimately shape the friendship. And that's important because the friendship is going to shape you. The character of that friend will shape the friendship. And that's important because the friendship is going to shape you. Proverbs teaches this, right? Some of the verses that we've already alluded to there. We know this. We've heard this our entire lives. How important it is, the character of the friends. And, and healthy friendships, the, the better the character. Godly character. People who have godly character being developed in them will, will, will be better friends, will, will become better, and we should, we should become better friends. We should be more loyal friends, more godly friends. We should help uh, encourage people towards Christ's likeness. We should be loving friends. It should, as we are transformed, we should be. It's, we should be um, better to be around in that sense, right? We should be um, a, a more of a positive influence as Christ influences us. And in Jonathan, you see this. You see someone who has a certain type of character. So we're not surprised that he's a loyal friend, right? In David, you can see this, right? He, in, in, in especially in these, uh, these early chapters here with his, with his integrity and his character and his faith, right? The character matters. Number three, commitment. Commitment. That's the third C, commitment. In verse 3 it says, Jonathan made a covenant with David. 
because he loved him as his own soul. And then he talks about how he, he stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and his, his, his belt and his, all the, all, you know, his, his, his bow and his sword. On three occasions, three occasions in, in, in their story arc here in verses in chapter 18 through chapter 23, we see a covenant made in the relationship between these two men. Here we see Jonathan did this because he loved David, right? Says he loves David, makes a covenant with David. His genuine love for him leads to real commitment to him in friendship. And Jonathan's commitment to David is demonstrated, okay? You can see the tangible expression of that in him giving his robe, armor, sword, bow, and belt right here. And so time and again, though, over the course of their lives, or the course of their story here, you're going to see Jonathan show his commitment to David. And now David's going to get his opportunity to show his commitment to Jonathan um, later on in the story after Jonathan's dead. But he did more than make a friendship covenant with him. He, he kept his covenant, okay? He kept it. And David kept it as well. And so they're, they're committed to one. It's a, it's a, friendship involves commitment. Um, and Jonathan's commitment to David can be seen in three ways, okay? First of all, we see sacrificial love. Um, the text tells us he loves him, and as, as friendship unfolds, we begin to see his love for his friend. We see it here in the giving of these royal garments, foreshadowing Jonathan's sacrifices. He'll ultimately recognize that God has chosen David, not him, to be king over Israel, and Jonathan's going to be perfectly fine with that. Because of his faith in God, his commitment to David uh, as his friend, he, he's fine with that. First Samuel 23, verse 17, um, David tells Excuse me, Jonathan tells David, you shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. See, Jonathan was in no power struggle with David. In fact, by siding with David, Jonathan was risking his life and giving up his throne. His father Saul would later grow, in, at one point, grows enraged at Jonathan for standing beside David and hurls a spear at him, right? So Jonathan literally risked his life and his friendship to David. Ultimately, in doing so, He's saving David's life. He's protecting David. And David's ultimately going to become king. Sacrificial love. And sacrificial love is exactly what Christ calls us to, isn't it? In 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, John writes, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Christ laid down his life for us. He calls us to lay down our lives for others. Real friendship. Will at times have a cost loving people, right? Well, at times, I mean, it, 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 it requires sacrifice at times. You can't really love or be friends if you, if you never give up any time or energy or, and at times more and, and commitment to the person. Friendship requires commitment. It just does. Another way, so we see, it, we see his commitment and his sacrificial love. We also see his commitment a second way, his showing up. He just, man, he shows up. Jonathan showed up when David needed him the most. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, David is in the wilderness, right? It's, it's dark days for David. He's, he's on the run from Saul. He's hiding in the wilderness. In verse 15, it says, David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. When David needed a friend the most, Jonathan was there he showed up and you need a friend that will show up when you're in the wilderness who will be there because presence matters right it matters 
Somebody that will show up and encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, and will simply be there when you need them. Let me ask you: Have you ever read the story of Job? I've been reading Job recently. Um, someone pointed out once that when Job's three friends at the beginning of the book, after Job's lost everything and his his life is like in shambles, uh, his three these first three friends show up on the scene, and somebody pointed out that they they get it right at first. They just show up and they just sit there. It actually says in Job two thirteen. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. Listen, God's going to go on to rebuke them for some stuff later in Job. But man, they got this part right, just being there, just being present, right? They, they show up, right? Sometimes, sometimes just being there, knowing when to show up and, 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 and being present, in someone's life is important in friendship. It's part of the commitment that Jonathan shows here. And the other part is he spoke up, right? Jonathan spoke up, first of all, for David. When, when, when Saul first began to plot against David in chapter 19 to kill, uh, to kill him, it was Jonathan that spoke up for David. 1 Samuel 19, 4 says, And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against the servant David, his servant David, because he has not sinned against you. And because his deeds have brought good to you. He's, he's talking him out of it. He's like, man, he's been nothing but good to you. He's done nothing wrong to you. He, he steps up. And yeah, it's his dad, but it's the king, an angry king, who, who's got some serious issues at this point in his life, in his rebellion against God. And he steps up and he speaks up for David. We need friends who will speak up for us, that will tell the truth about us when others are wrong about us. That's what Jonathan is here for David. But he also spoke up to David. When Jonathan met David in the wilderness to encourage him, he didn't just show up and hang out, though. We, re- we read that he, that he showed up, but in verse 17 of chapter 23, it says, And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. So he spoke the truth to him. He reminded him that of God's plan that you're going to be king. Right, and he encourages him. He speaks the truth to him. And you need friends that will tell you the truth when you forget it or begin to stray from it. He'll speak those encouraging words into your life when you need to hear them. Good friendship requires this. It requires commitment. It can be seen in sacrificial love and showing up and, and speaking up when it matters most. Sometimes on someone's behalf. Sometimes speaking truth to the person when they need to hear it. You know, and sometimes... It's encouragement, like we need to hear encouraging words. But sometimes it's hard words. Sometimes, sometimes we need to be reproved for something. Like when David's confronted later in his story by, uh, by Nathan after he sins, and Nathan shows up and speaks the truth to him. Tells him, man, you're the man. You've messed up. You've sinned against God. And he begins to repent. See, we need to know, we need people in our lives that we know are committed to our good and God's glory. That are committed to our good and God's glory. We need those kind of friends. And, and when we have those kind of friends, as Christians, those, those folks, this carries more weight. When you know they love God, and, and you know they want to honor God and honor His Word, and, and obey God, and they trust God, and you know they love you, right? And they... When, when those two things come together, uh, man, it carries weight when they speak encouragement to your life. And it will carry weight when they speak reproof into your life. I mean, it's, you want to know they love God and they love me. And we need people that, yes, we can know they love God and they love me. So when they, they're going to tell me the truth in love, but they're going to tell me the truth. That's a recipe for a great friend. There's only one friendship 
that we can have where the character of the person is perfect and where their commitment is never failing, right? First, or excuse me, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 15. Listen to what Jesus says. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. See, Jesus, man, he's, he's the ultimate friend who has shown the ultimate form of sacrificial love, the ultimate in commitment by laying down his life for us so that we might know life, so that we might be reconciled to God. If you think back to chapter 18, when Jonathan takes his robe and he takes his armor um, and he places them on David, Matthew Henry writes about that. He paints the picture better than I can. This was written hundreds of years ago. Listen to what Matthew Henry writes. David is seen in Jonathan's clothes. That all may take notice, he is Jonathan's second self. Our Lord Jesus has thus shown his love to us. That he stripped himself to clothe us. Emptied himself to enrich us. Nay, he did more than Jonathan. He clothed himself with our rags. Whereas Jonathan did not put on David's think about that Jesus comes and he he takes our sin and takes the takes what we deserve the judgment and wrath we deserved on the cross that we might be clothed in his righteousness he made him who knew no sin second Corinthians tells us he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our account that we might become the righteousness of God Then Jonathan in that scene points ahead paints an incredible picture as Henry points out here of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ what a friend we have in Jesus. The most important thing that we can take from this text is our need for a friend. Yes, our need for a friend that will be committed to God's glory and com- committed to our good like no other and recognize that that is first and foremost found in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no one more committed to the glory of God and no one more committed to your good than Jesus who has laid down his life for you and been raised from the dead. Do you know Jesus today? Have you discovered that relationship? That is the most important relationship. Have you trusted Christ as Lord and as Savior? Do you know Him? If you've never trusted Him, we'd encourage you to do so today. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll recognize that you're a sinner, that you've offended God with your sin, that you're deserving of God's judgment and wrath, but if you'll recognize that God loves you and has sent His Son to die for your sin on the cross and, 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 and to, to be raised from the dead and that if you'll turn from your sin and embrace Jesus by faith as Lord and Savior, putting your faith and trust in Him, believing He died in your place, believing He rose from the dead, if you'll trust Him, if you'll turn from your sin and trust Him, He'll save you. You can be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ and what a friend you can have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do that, if you trust Christ today, would you let us know? You can email us at info at gonorthpark.com or if we can pray with you about that or celebrate with you about that. If you've got questions about that, contact us, info at gonorthpark.com. And listen, if you want your character to become more pleasing to God, Get closer to Jesus. You want to grow in your character? As you, want, you want to grow as a godly person? Become more like Jesus? There's no relationship that is more transformational than the relationship that, we ha- that happens when we trust 
Christ and the relationship when we are reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. We become transformed. And as we, as we trust Christ, and as we follow Christ, we grow in Christ's likeness. He'll begin to transform us from the inside out and He'll transform our character. He'll transform us. Listen, He changes us. He, he makes us more like Himself. We become over time more and more like Christ as we put off sin and we put on Christ as we trust Christ and the Holy Spirit works in our heart and in our life. And I'm telling you, that can make you a better friend. Of course it can. Want to be a better friend? Trust Jesus. Follow Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. We need friendship. God's, God's made us for it. We need it. The most important friendship we need is friendship with Christ. And then as people who follow Christ, we need friendship with other people with Christ. We need that connection. We need friends of good character. And we need friendship that shows real commitment. The kind of with sacrificial love, the kind of where people show up and the kind where people are willing to speak up. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for your word today and we thank you most importantly for the friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what a friend we have in him. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to trust him and follow him. If there's anyone watching who's never trusted him for the first time as Lord and as Savior, would you draw them to yourself? Oh, we pray that they would trust Jesus. God, we pray for every believer watching, God, that you would grow us and mature us, help us to become better friends, uh, to be people that will be um, committed to the good of others for the glory of God. Um, Lord, help us to, to walk with you and mature us in these things and, 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 and place the friendships we need in our own lives. Help us to live in, in such a way that, uh, that we help make that possible, Lord, that, that we just that we participate with you in that, that we, do my, that we might have the, the friendships that that we know we need and, Lord, that you desire to bring into our lives. Lord, would you bless us with all that we need there and let us be a people with healthy, God-honoring friendships. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.